You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Guy. Yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. So Chris is making fun of me because I sat down and he looked at my right eye and it is all red and swolly. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to Chris that I was moving a power cord to plug something in on one of the kitchen counters and it whipped up and hit me in the side of my right eye. It looks like you were poop scooping with your right <laughs> eye. <laughs> it looks like you have fucking pink eye. It is not pink eye. So it is a combination of an eye injury that I rubbed and spending the day at a buddy's house yesterday who has two pugs that happen to be in uber shed right and i'm allergic to dogs now i have a hypoallergenic dog and so even though you you still have a little bit of allergy when you have a hypoallergenic dog it's it's tolerable right but also it has helped build my tolerance to other dogs so hanging out with your dogs and my buddy daniel's dogs normally it doesn't bother me but there was so much bloody hair yesterday that uh, I just got dander in my eye or something, and my eye was itching, and it hurts, uh. and I couldn't help but rub it. So I woke up this morning, and dude, it was just this gooey, oh. I mean, just a sludge. It was like it was like the Sandman spread both sleep and ejaculate in my eyes. It was disturbing. It's starting to seem like maybe you weren't meant to have eyes at all. I don't like that story but i will tell you both both between between being you know 46 almost 47 years old and having an eye injury like a permanent eye injury in my in my left eye and then in a fresh hopefully not permanent injury in my right i uh my vision's not great today it's not 100 percent. that's for sure you wore glasses today well those are my sunglasses because i'm i'm generally light sensitive anyway because of the laser surgery from years ago and then extra light sensitive in my left eye because of the damage that i had done to it in 2020 and now a little like sensitive extra in my right eye because i smacked it with an electrical cord and cut the outside of it can you get another (laughs) laser surgery to fix everything so at this point for me the thing to do would be to get lens replacement surgery but they're not going to do that until I have monstrous cataracts. That sounds intense. Yeah, but they're not going to – I won't have that kind of surgery done until – but then I can get rid of reading glasses and all that stuff. And by the time I am in my 60s and the government says it's okay for me to have that in our our, our universalized system that we'll have by the time I retire, I, I fully expect them to – Say I have to be X age before I'll, yeah. they'll do it. And you have to have the commercial breaks built into it, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know what you mean by commercial breaks. I'm glad I'm glad you don't know. It's going to be like an implant at that point in time. So they can just shut my eyes off whenever they want? Like a display almost. Uh, so they can see what I'm seeing. And so and- they can, you know, play... Play nice commercials. Oh, I'd love that. I would. I would. I mean, I adore being propagandized too on all counts, um, including whoever's propagandizing me right now, calling my phone. Yeah, uh, you know, a nice lobbyist. Ooh, they that would be good. Ones. Political ads. Yes, 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 yes. Like, well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the comic book. Like a Google or a Tesla or an Amazon, uh, because they're the ones that have been lobbying for bajillions of dollars so that they can 
go to space. Right. So Jeff Bezos got to go to space with his brother kind of thing. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a fucking waste of my money at all. Wait, wait, wait. Who, wait how, Jeff Bezos is spending your money to go to space? So he got a government grant to go to space. He did? Yeah. No. Yeah. Seriously? That's shameful. It, it is, but that's... I mean, the guy has uh, has more money than he's... I mean, yeah, but and, and I don't, I don't begrudge him. It's it's his money. Right. What I, what I take umbrage with is the idea that the government would take our money as citizens and give it to this billionaire to go to space. So that's one of the things that's lobbied for oftentimes is additional funds. Right now, it's tech companies. So like your Tesla or whatever, so that they can build new rockets to go into space because it's extremely expensive to build rocket ships that go into space. Right. That's why Virgin's just going to make airplanes like they were talking about in the late 80s and early 90s, right. that it's just going to be conventional aircraft that are, you know, ground takeoff and land that ultimately are able to break Touch that the space. that 60, you know, 60 miles mm-hmm. Plus above the Earth's surface. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so they vie for your resources or vie for taxpayer dollars for that. I mean, I, I, I understand that the government benefits by private organizations doing those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I also think that the the relationship should be a simpler one. It was, we don't give you tax breaks. We don't give you tax cuts. There are no loopholes. We just tax you at a reasonable rate. And then we walk away and you want to go to space and we say, good for you. You should go to space. That's great. And when you start making money in space, we're going to tax that money. Thank you. Have a great day. Right. But that won't, it won't go that way. So what happens is they, these companies lobby. They spend millions of dollars in lobbying. So that funds the political machine. In turn, that political machine funds their project. Yeah. How is it legal? I mean, it is grift. It is, it is one, you know, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Yeah, it's wrong. We'll, you, know, you know, we'll make sure that you have the opportunity to... It's legal because when you're a bajillionaire and you want to go to space and take your brother with you and then auction off a third seat because there are six seats available on your rocket ship because you have so much money that that's okay and you're better than everybody else. I don't begrudge Jeff Bezos the opportunity to take his billion or billions. You, you take your billions of dollars and go spend, to space. spend your billions of dollars yeah. on it. Don't fucking look at mine. There's no reason for me to think that the government needs to be involved in that. But, again, I don't want to get political, but I am surprised that we live in a country that it is perfectly reasonable that we can have voting as easy as possible Mm -hmm. and secure. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. But the way politicians debate, it's as if voting can either be open and free and easy, or it can be secure, but it can't be both. And if you want it to be open and free, you're an idiot. And if you want it to be secure, you're a racist. I just refuse to believe that. It's so it's sort of like immigration. I mean, I'm 46 years old. Immigration has been an issue since I was your kid's age. Right. That I mean, it's been for 40 years. It has been something that has been a political issue in my life that the government has never fixed. And you know what? I don't think they ever will. They don't have an interest in fixing voting. They don't have an interest in fixing immigration. It is, it's a, it's just like abortion or gun control. It's just a thing that we can sort of tug of war back and forth it's a on. It's herring to show yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it's all a lie. 
neat. I hate them. Yeah. They're so slimy and yucky. That's gross. I just, I hate it. I just, I'm just brokenhearted by the state of the world today that, you know, we just accept filth. We accept lies. We accept that both sides of the political aisle are villainous thieves and liars. But, but one is somehow better, better. than the yeah. other. Yeah, I mean, they're the, yeah, the some, somehow my thieves and liars and monsters and child molesters and sexual harassers are better than yours. I don't get it. So I noticed this really interesting concept coming to like the forefront of actual real life Saturday. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a big UFC fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the McGregor fight was yeah. this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. exciting. Mm. So did he shit the bed? McGregor's a dick. Did he One. shit the bed? Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. So he's he's a dick. I thought he was like, like your guy. I he's, thought you he's were... good. He's very talented. But the guy goes, punches some old man in a bar, then buys the bar and bans that old man whom he assaulted. Stop it. I swear to God. He does super villain shit. Yeah, that's monstrous. Okay, so he's doing like these super villainous things. He goes and attacks a bus full of people to try to get a guy off the bus. It's just weird stuff. Like, the guy's a fucking madman. He's accused of cheating in basically every fight. You can't... So you're not allowed to interlock your fingers or toes with the cage, ever. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, you can't Uh, grip it. Right, right, right. So he was caught putting his toes in it. They kept telling him to stop. He kept putting his toes in it when he fought Habib. This past fight on Saturday, he uh, was allegedly grabbing the inside of somebody's gloves to... Pull them in so that he could kick them. You're not allowed to grab their gloves. Ah, okay. Uh, so he goes out and is getting fucking crushed. Getting crushed by Dustin Poirier. And not like a, oh, this is competitive. Like a 10-8 round. So the scoring system. No, I got 10-8's a big deal. 10-8's ridiculous. Yeah. Two judges scored it at 10-8. Now basically what that means is somewhere in that round... The fight could have been stopped by the ref. That's what a 10-8 round means. Because you were taking too much damage or not intelligently defending yourself. So that's a good old-fashioned southern ass-whooping right there. And he was fucking getting one. Two judges scored a 10-8 round before the doctor's stoppage ultimately ended the fight because he broke his uh, tibia or something like that. He broke his shin bone. So that photo of the bent leg is real? Yeah. Oh! Whoa! I I just assumed it was a Photoshop because it's so egregious. What's crazy is... Whoa, Nelly. Like three weeks ago, it happened... Or more than three weeks ago. Like a month or so ago, it happened to another guy. And the guy that it happened to that time actually had somebody shatter their leg on his shin. So it's like this crazy thing that's happening a lot right now. Because the last time it happened was like four or five years ago. Yeah, I saw the video of where the guy kicks and, and the other dude, you know, there's the block and, and, and he checks it and then his leg just yeah. like a rubber band. Wraps around Woo! it. You know. Nelly, so, that's excruciating right so there. So basically, somebody, somebody broke down the footage a little bit and it looked like Connor threw a front kick. It was uh, hit with an elbow. That might, and it was hit in the spot where the break happened. Yeah. So it looks like maybe that's where it happened. And then he. Steps on it, looks like it's solid, but he's not moving on it the same. And then he was uh, twisting to throw a punch and then stepping back. And when he stepped back, you saw the buckle. <sighs> savage. But what's great, so Jake Paul had a $100,000 necklace made of Connor laying on the ground from the last time he was knocked out. Okay? 
It was a hundred thousand dollars to have this thing made. Well, so, no, petty. Hold on. How hold absolutely on, hold petty. On. So he he reaches out. What a way. He, he reaches out to Dustin Poirier, the guy that beat Connor this time, <laughs> via doctor stoppage, and is like, "Hey, you want me to send this to you? You deserve it." And Dustin was like, "Send it over." And he goes, "Do you want me to break the ankle now, or you want to do it?" <laughs> But the whole thing that was happening there that I that I noticed as I was like we're legitimately looking at a supervillain and a superhero fight right now like that's <laughs> what this is it's this is actually good versus evil because one guy is this sweet family man that's like hey I would just want to take care of this charity right um, all this shit and the other guy's like fuck your charity and I fuck your wife and all kinds of he's just a dirtbag man. <laughs> So like I'm watching this good and evil story play out, and I'm like, wow, that was appropriate how that ended. Like, has you know, he has he always been a dirtbag, or did he oh, evolve yeah. with wealth? Uh, I think I think wealth just brought it more accentuated sort of his yeah, villainy. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, so yeah, he's slimy. And then one of his old rivals actually posted on Twitter shortly thereafter: "Good always beats evil." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious it is but i was like holy cow like that is like the perfect analogy for what just happened so he was but, but mcgregor was like he was a big deal for a long time he was on a he was on a win streak for a long time right he hasn't won a fight in six uh since 2016 he won one fight since 2016 right but then why does he keep getting if he keeps losing entertaining Okay, that's that's it. Doesn't matter. Gotcha. He's taking big fights with big names. So right. like the guy that he just fought is the number one ranked lightweight in the world. So you lose to him. Okay, he's a badass. Anybody could lose to him. He's number one. Um, you fight Floyd Mayweather, and who he's the best, he's the best boxer, boxer in the world. Yeah. You so lose who to cares him. if you lose to him? You lasted right. ten rounds. That's pretty fucking good. Right. Most professional boxers didn't last that long with him. So it's like okay, that's good. You. Fight a Nate Diaz and get choked out in the second round. That's not so good. So like his his wins are not super high. The other guy that beat him in the recent past was Habib, who's the best lightweight ever to do it, and Habib choked him out too. So it's like you know, I don't know. I think he is exciting to watch. He's got a unique style, but I think uh, now there's a blueprint for just destroying him. And these guys are exploiting that. Gotcha. So they just watch the tape. They say, okay, so-and-so choked him out. So-and-so choked him out. Well, it's like, okay, he's going to throw a left hand. Right. Like, that's, that's, his, that's his big thing. His big claim to fame is left hand. He's going to counterpunch you with the left hand. So if you circle you know, away from his power hand and you're doing damage that way, and then you take him to the ground and hold him there and just pound on him, well, okay, he can't really do anything and you win the fight. Hmm. Science. But it's so The funny sweet because science. Because it's good versus evil and i was like how is this a professional sport it sounds like wrestling it sounds scripted it does it does, it does. and i'm like how is this a professional sport but there's this good versus evil storyline going on and that that is the piece that i would like to use to transition into the topic that you had which is your muse your inspiration right like i would be i would be inspired to want to harm someone like a whatever gregor yeah Yeah, and and i'm sure he i mean i'm he would destroy me in every fashion on his worst day and my best i wouldn't let him thank you but you know certainly on some level if you're in the cage with him are you affected by are you inspired to perform better 
based on who this piece of garbage is. Yeah, like, I think you, do you are. really want to do I want to fight harder or what if I have a good camaraderie with this guy, right? I mean, do I do I fight as hard against somebody who I who I like and respect? Yeah. Or, or do I fight harder against somebody who Well, remember when Julius was explaining the pay? You lose yeah. half your money if yeah. it, or you only make That's half motivation your money. enough. Yeah. All right. So, but doing art though, it's not about profiting. It's about what is the thing that makes you want to create? And I, I like to paint. I like to write. I like to build. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd love to someday learn to watercolor. I know that sounds super, super lame. My point is, is that you go through these sorts of feasts and famines of muse where right now, the last couple of days, I've been doing a lot of writing in the morning, just getting up in the morning and, it's and, the best and, time to write. and doing. Yeah. And, and really sort of stretching my imagination and then doing a lot of if-thens and, you know, that sort of things or what-have-yous and just doing a lot of brainstorming sort of erratic-style writing. Now, I don't know where that inspiration comes from necessarily, but what I will say is, is that last weekend, I went out to Kansas City. I drove out on Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. went to my favorite game store in the world, Tabletop Game and Hobby in Lenexa, Kansas. Uh, shout out to Phil Kilgore and Walter and the crew. The place is absolutely amazing. Met my brother there. Uh, bullshit with him. Bullshit with Phil. Had a really good time. And I got to game uh, all day Saturday with my brothers. Well, they're my friends, too. I mean, at this point... You know, they're they're my buddies as well. But my brother's, you know, college gaming group gets together every so often. And now that we can meet in person again and everybody's comfortable doing it after vaccinations, et cetera, it was a blast. I had a great, great weekend. And one of the things that I fondly remember from those weekends that I haven't done forever because we haven't met in person is driving home after the gaming weekend. I know it sounds pretentious and super fucking lame, but game mastering is an art. And I love to watch other people game master because it helps inform my game mastering. I get ideas and I get inspiration and I see the things that they do well or the things that I would have done differently. And it really helps me approach... Yeah, it helps you hone your craft. Yeah, it helps me hone my craft, exactly. And so it was great, and I think a lot of it had to do with this gaming weekend that I hadn't had in forever because the regular D&D game that I run for my group, I just I haven't been inspired. It's been fine. It's been a fine game, and, you know, my mediocre is arrogantly better than a lot of people's good work. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. afraid, I'm not afraid to say that, but... I think that I'm finally in a position where I understand the game, I understand the characters, I understand the motivations. I I always understood the world of the game, but I really have been doing a lot more writing and and, in preparation for that world, which, you know, sounds, like I said, lame and pretentious, but I was inspired by watching other people do it well. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, are you a fan of Critical Role or have you been? I, I am not. Okay. 
I am not. Now, I am not going to shit on on the mercenary, right? Yeah. I like to call him the mercenary. Yeah. So I'm not going to crap on him because, dude, he's put more players' handbooks in people's hands than, than I ever will. Ever. What yeah. what they do for the hobby is it's extraordinary. Good. Yeah. The fact that they promote it positively, uh, they they do it in a fashion that is inclusive. It's very popular. It's great. It's not for me. Sure. Um, it's just it's just like anything. I mean, you might like certain sitcoms, but not like other sitcoms. It doesn't mean you hate all sitcoms. It's yeah. just, I don't dig this particular one. I got you. You know what I mean? So, I didn't know how you felt about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to deride them, hmm. you know, not sober or in public or on a recording. Yeah. Yeah. No, now, I, you I, get I, me. You get me six beers drunk, no, you know, no, 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 in my own part. in my own home. Yeah. Dude, that's a different story. But I don't really do that much anymore for a good reason. Oh my god, dude! So this past week, I have been. It was, so we've been doing shit at the new house, like go in, paint something, go in, clean something, whatever. And I just thought you said doing shit. I just thought maybe you were getting swifty and pooping on the poop, floor. Make a poop. Make a poop on the floor. So I've been going and like getting stuff done around the house and. Every time I do that, I'm like, okay, I have a beer. Well, then I have like six. Uh, and you're good and goobered up at that yep. point. I did that like every day last week. And I was like, fuck, dude, that's fucked up. And then like I had some serious brain fog yesterday. Mm. And I was like, okay, time to take a minute off. It's it's easy to fall into the habit again. Well, right? It is, and it was, uh, that was my reward system for myself for doing things. Right. Since we were talking about inspiration and muse and whatnot. Oh, sure. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go over there, have a beer. That sounds nice. And get shit done. Like, you feel like a big boy. Yeah. Not big boy. Dumb boy. Dumb, dumb boy. Yeah. I should have gone out and bought myself something nice, you know? Yeah. It's the, you know, plus it's the extra calories don't help. The money you spend on it doesn't help. Right. But it's still fun. I still enjoy it. So, I still want to do it. So, like, fight nights, that should be my time to drink. Because I have my friends over. We right. watch the fights. It's a great time. And, like, this past week, a couple of the guys bailed. And they were like, oh, we're going to stay down in our neck of the woods. But because there's a bar here showing it. Okay, go there. Do your thing. Uh, Cody came over him. And I watched the fights. We had a good fucking time. Man. Drank a bunch of beer. Did some shots. Did you watch it on that giant TV behind us? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always want you to come, but I know you're not into that. Like, well, and I was in I was in Kansas City this weekend, yeah. so I couldn't have come. Even if even if I wanted to, I yeah. couldn't have come because if I wasn't in Kansas City, I would have been playing Gloomhaven with my Gloomhaven. my my time. My time is very it's very strictly regimented. It Chris. is. It it is. It, well, I, I'm fortunate to get Tuesdays with you. You though. do. You do. well. You know, I'm, it sounds like a dick, but. There are a few people that I see that it, the interaction is not related to the gaming hobby. Yeah, it's because, you know, we're a big deal. No, no, it's because most of the people that I with whom I associate are gamers. No, I get it. It's just that it's the, it's, those are the people that I'm comfortable with, even if there are plenty among them that I can't stand. You know, but I like gamers. I like people that relate to the hobby, and that's what makes me comfortable. See, I, I started turning all my people into gamers. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of the guys that work into magic. Nice. So, yeah, so everybody's playing Commander all the time. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. My, my nephew Thomas is getting into magic. Yeah, that's it's neat. Cool. I got to talk to him about it a little bit while I was there over the weekend. Well, like, I, I never, ever, ever have the desire to play competitive magic again. Right, no. Um, I don't want games that I know are four-turn games where everything is the same every time. That's boring. Commander's an interesting format. It's casual. It is the big singles market moneymaker now. Right now it is, yeah. 
Well, because you couldn't do tournaments or anything, so people were doing right. kitchen table magic. Right. And Commander's an easy way to do it, and I don't have to get a play set of a $20 I card. Need, I just need singles. I just need one. Right. Yeah. So I got a few of the guys that work into that, and they're like, so like when you build a deck for competitive, what do you do? I'm like, it's the same thing, but you can have four of a card. You, you spend money. Yeah. I'm like, that's what you That's what you do. You go to the internet, you find a winning deck, and then you spend money. Everybody is thousands of dollars into magic now at work. Jesus. So uh, two of the dudes have $1,500 decks. Because they just they were like, oh, I'm gonna make it extra good, so they're going getting fifty dollar cards. Yeah, just, it's an arms race. Yeah, that's what I that's what I told my cousin. I was like, T, look, if you're into this game, if you want to do it and you want to play and you want to play based on, you know, just building decks and having fun and yeah. doing a good, that's one thing. If you want to be competitive, you need to be prepared that it it, it is about Spin. the best cards win. Yeah. And the best cards are easily accessible for money. You spend or you get a shop to sponsor yeah. you. And then so what I told him, I said, if you wanted, if you really dig the game and you want to play for skill, try drafting. Drafting's Be good. Because drafting is relatively an inexpensive buy-in. Yep. You can make money back in terms of, you know, selling the cards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when I drafted, which was not many times but i would just find a kid in the shop and be like dude here you go here's all these you know, i'm gonna keep those two rares that i can sell for eight dollars right total and then i'm gonna give the rest of this cards this drafting kid. is a blast and i was explaining that to the guys at work that i got into it i'm like we need to do a draft yeah because they've never done enough yeah before. you just you find a group of guys and you chip in on a box right we were talking about doing that but i want to go do an fnm yeah. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you guys have never done an F&M. Like, yeah. It's special. You need to do it at least once. Yeah, go to the collector's store. Yeah, we're, uh, I, I think I think we'll do mini Miniature Market. Right They're on. doing them again. I don't know their status right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, the collector's store is doing it, though? Well, I'm pretty confident, yes, that they are. Yeah. I will find so out. My buddy, my buddy Darian works there. I mean, I've okay. got friends that work at the other place, too, so yeah. I'm not saying – I'm not trying to run down a specific store, but I know that collector store is doing events and – they have a lot of event space. Yeah. I need to I need to get these guys into that so that they can do that. Again, don't want to do competitive magic again. I always wanted to be kitchen table and fun. Right. And that's what I was explaining to them. I was like, dude, I played competitive magic. Right. It's cool. And it's just it sucks. Yeah, it's why you get seven other people and you draft at this table. Right. You all chip in, you buy a box, and you just draft at that, this table. That's what's so crazy about it. So one of them is obsessed with opening cards now. So he's buying boxes. Dude, it's, oh, it's, so, like, it's so bad. It's such an addiction. Oh, it, it, like it's going out of style. He's paying attention to what cards are worth. Yep. So he's like, hey, if I open this box and this card's in it, dude, that's a $230 card. And I'm like, well, that's really good. And he's like, yeah, that pay, pays for the box. Yeah. Uh, but he's buying like the, So he's he's become like a real. Oh, he's in it magic yeah. because they the, the people that get into it real serious go into then the speculation market because it is as he points out a commodity right and that it fluctuates but it's a commodity and a lot of people especially people who draft are very cognizant of what cards are worth what money so they can right. they pay for their draft and then some right well and that's what i explained to him i'm like dude yeah. do a draft i'm like because yeah. there's people that go to win so they'll pass you a good card they don't care to have in their deck so they get packs, and you could pick up a $10 card. I've had people pass me a $20 card in drafts. Yep. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. fucking wild. Yep. Don't know why they would do it, but they did. Yeah. So that's what I was explaining to him. He's yeah. like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, ignorance or apathy. I mean, really, the only two reasons you're going to get that, like you said, they don't know it's worth that or they don't care because yeah. they I mean, would they, rather win. They play to win. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, well, I mean, because here you get packs at the end of it. Yeah. So are are my packs worth more than what that one card is? Yeah. And is then, the glory worth it? Yeah, and then you do it with your buddies. You say, okay, cool. Well, everybody chipped in, so everybody gets a pack for participating, you know, because we're all friends. Yeah. And then the remaining packs you split up based on, well, there's, you First know. First place takes the rest. Yeah. Go. Or, yeah, or winner. I mean, if you want to be really metal, you say, okay, everybody chips in for the box, and it's last person standing. The single Ooh. single elimination, last person standing. I get your cards when I win. Oh shit! Yeah, that's intense. That'd be, be like fun. you'd be like I'm I'm Ash Ketchum. I'm here. What's funny? So they only know the game sleeved. Bring her here, bud. They only know the game sleeved. They're like, I saw some guy playing without sleeves, and I was like, gross. And I was like, dude, that's how everybody used to play the game. Yeah, it's when it started. I'm yeah. like, hey, well, I mean, when when I started playing Magic: The Gathering, we didn't have sleeves. Right. We just didn't have them. They weren't a thing. That's how gross and old. Back in my day, we didn't have sleeves on the Black Lotus. It would get all gummed up from playing on the table. Right. Well, no, and I I was explaining that. I was like, kids today don't understand that the telephone used to be attached to the wall. It would weigh 10 pounds. It had a little dialy thing. We never put sleeves on cards when I started playing. I I was like, like, shit, that wasn't like a thing until like 2008. Yeah. You when, know. I, when I was a kid, you took your painted miniatures and you just put them in a shoebox. Right. That's just what you did. And they just got dicked up. Fucked they just up. got chipped and messed up. And that was that. <laughs> she's, she's talking. She's oh. adorable. She's like, give me that. Give me that. <laughs> what are you saying? She's so cute. I love her so much. But yeah, it's, it's always like, that's one of those things that's been really fun is to get people into the hobby. And uh, like you said, you don't hang out with a lot of people that don't game well Mm -hmm. people that i hung out with that didn't game are starting to and i got Mm -hmm. them into star realms god bless you oh god star realms is so fucking amazing and uh i took it to work and i was like look magic players made this game i'm like so if you like magic you like this you just build the deck as you go yep and they're like oh okay okay they got destroyed that's okay you know, I did not let the Wookiee win. No, yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Uh, well, these are these are competitive people by nature. Yeah. I feel like that they're the kind of people that you do have to kick in their proverbial dick, and then they just want to come back and beat you more. Well, that's that's how it's been. Right, that's how it's been. So they're they're starting to get into that now, and I'm like, dude, there's so many fucking good games out there that would blow your mind. Yeah, no, they have no idea how how I am envious of the fact that they're just now getting into the hobby and discovering that there is this, oh, sorry, that there's an entire world, that was totally my fault That's for okay. shaking the table, that there's an entire world of stuff out there, right? I mean, you see this, I, 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 when I was working at the shop, I would see it with people that discovered Warhammer 40,000 in miniatures, right? So you'd have guys come in with their buddies and you could tell that the new guy was just getting into it, was just totally enamored. right? And then you'd have these groups build, and of course, invariably one of the people in the group spent way too much money on it and is coming in every week dropping a couple hundred bucks just building massive armies it's cool to watch it's neat neat to see it get shared like that it's an interesting thing though because that's not something that you would think a lot of people like miniatures in particular not really something you would think people would get into 
especially nowadays. Yeah. But the the big distinction nowadays with miniatures is the 3D printing technology. So guys like Christopher and Tier, when they're growing up, if they get into the hobby, not them specifically, but kids their age, are probably going to be more into doing the 3D printing right. and 3D printing modification and customizing their own miniatures than like kids when I was a kid who were, you know, we, we didn't even do conversions and painting was terrible and just the amount of the hobby has evolved since I've grown up. I can't imagine what it's going to be like for your kids because I don't think they're going to have hobby shops in the same vein in a hundred years. Oh, in a hundred years, there's no way. I, I want I, I want a three D printer. I think I'm going to buy one just to. It's do cool. Silly shit like that. With it's. Have it, you used yours yet? Oh yeah. Have you printed a bunch of minis? Oh yeah. Are they sick? Uh, some of them are very cool. So the the issues that you run into. Uh, it's stacking goo. Yeah. So you have the you get it, it. It it requires a little bit of practice, but really the issue for me is the quality of the STL file, or I should say more accurately, the quality of the sculpt on the STL file. Because sometimes you get you find stuff and the sculpt's just garbage. Really, but there's quality material out there that you can pay for, and if you don't mind being a scumbag, there's a lot of quality material out there for free. Wow, I want to print a few just to do it. It's neat it's That's so fucking sick yeah, it's, dude. it's really really cool the game that uh, I'm, I'm most interested in playing that i do find inspiration for from things like the movie mad max and you know both new and old yeah or it's uh, called gaslands, gaslands yeah where you take hot wheel cars and mod yeah. them and so i found a bunch of free hot or a bunch of free gaslands mods for printing up tires spoilers oh, Rams, machine guns, all the stuff that I can print up. I can make dice for the game now. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, it's really neat. Really, really cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I want to get some colored resin so I can make dice in different colors. Shit, dude, just take a trip to Miniature Market. I, I hate going there. Every Why? time, I spend so much money. Oh, okay. I was actually going to go there today after we're done because my dog's at the groomer and I'm not going to run home right away. Hell yeah. No, Miniature Market's amazing. I feel like we should have, like, some of these companies whom we're always blowing, I feel like they should sponsor us. No, they, they don't care, Chris. I know. Because what they do is they look at your listenership. Yeah, well, what, eight? Good. That's yeah. plenty. Yeah, that's, that's not plenty. <laughs> it's not enough, Chris. You know what? We have mind control over eight people. Straight up mind control. Mm. EB, go to Miniature Market. Done. See that? He's driving there right now. Yes, for sure. In four hours, he'll be there. He's leaving. <laughs> he's leaving Indy right now. <laughs> driving to Miniature Market. Yeah, he'll do that. But for me, I don't know. Just lately, I have been inspired to write. Just write. Whether it's gaming related or not gaming related, I've just been inspired to write stuff down. Like story writing? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like fiction writing. I love that. I started a children's book like a month ago. Is it called The Plumpkin? No. No, I just random thought. You were talking about writing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I got I felt really good for a minute there. So I started writing a kid's book. What's it about? It's about a troll. And a person who gets tricked by the troll and then brings the troll into light so it can't trick everybody else. It's a shysty troll. Almost like an allegory for the internet. Or your ex-wife you know oh oh i like i like that that's spicy yeah so i i thought it was interesting just so like, like so sometimes sometimes your 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 friends are just drilling the troll is that what's going on probably yeah. that's terrible it is funny i have hair in my mouth 
It's because your hair is long. Yeah. That and it, uh, it's all over the fucking place right now because I was power washing again today. Stupid. Dude, do you want to power wash something? No, I don't because that's how I broke my arm. Yeah. Well, when you do you own one? Uh, no, my father-in-law does. If you ever need one, you tell me. I'll come over and power wash it, dude. It feels good. Yeah? Yeah. I, ah, it's so good. You feel clean? You feel good? I don't feel clean. I feel disgusting. But actually, seeing stuff get clean is real nice. Want me to power wash you? Yeah. Uh, what's the word of wisdom for this week? A word of wisdom for this week? I, I You know, I, I guess uh, you get what you pay for. Ooh. You get what you pay for. That's why that free advice always blows. Oh, and that's why Mike's always telling you to buy American. Yeah, you should buy American. You should avoid slavery. You should you should avoid, I'm sorry, prisoners with jobs. <laughs> prisoners with benefits. Yeah, prisoners with jobs. Yeah, you should you shouldn't do business with the countries that have prisoners with jobs. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs>